Hey, hey, friends, and welcome to World Domination. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, and you are in the perfect place to learn how to grow, how to become an even more amazing version of you, and to connect into a community of like-minded people who are all walking this path and aren't afraid to share the highs and the lows of chasing your dreams. I'm so glad you're here with us. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hey, hey, beautiful people, Monica Ferguson here, and welcome back to this week's episode of World Domination. Now, something a little bit different this week, you guys. I have Michaela Lloyd from the Pace to Be You podcast coming on. She came on as a guest a little while ago to speak about human design, and we decided to do a collab this week and go deep, deep, deep into heartbreak. And basically, the things that have happened to us, how they've shaped us how they have helped us to grow what we've learned and all the the dark stuff the hard stuff that we don't speak about very much but let's be real so much of our lives are affected by love and relationships and i'm going to be real with you guys i honestly have a bit of a vulnerability hangover after that i jumped off the call and i had all these thoughts come up around oh my god i shouldn't have said this how can i say this what if people think this and all that stuff so for me, that always means that I'm well out of my comfort zone and I've just expressed a lot of vulnerable stuff, which is part of it. <laughs> and as you hear a lot more about my story, you'll see why that's such a big deal for me. But I really hope that this conversation allows you guys to, to see yourselves in our stories and to maybe help you to reframe some of the things that have happened to you. And, but also to honor yourselves enough to be compassionate to really allow yourself to feel what's real for you and to recognize how incredible you are. So without further ado, let's get into it, guys. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful people. I'm so excited for you to be here for this conversation. This is a treat today. We are doing a joint collaboration of the Pays to Be You podcast with me, Michaela Lloyd, and the World Domination podcast with the gorgeous Monica Ferguson. And today we are talking about heartbreak. We're talking about love. We're talking about the things that we strong, powerful women so often don't want to admit, let alone to ourselves or other people. But there is so much power that comes through sharing these conversations through people witnessing them and just seeing the beauty of it so thank you so much mon for collaborating with me today oh hey girl thanks for the invite so exciting so exciting <laughs> and i feel like we're gonna we're, we're gonna bring so many common stories to this but we're also kind of approaching this from a different standpoint in our current life which i think it just creates so much depth so um for my audience, would you love to introduce yourself? Sure. 20 minute version or 20 second version? <laughs> version. No, we want to get to the juicy stuff. Okay. So, hey guys, um, I'm Monica Ferguson. I am a mindset coach for soulful women. And basically my, my is on self-worth, building mindset, helping to overcome limits and fears and the old stories in order for you guys to literally live your dream life, which is of course possible. Um, and it's done in a totally different way to what we're trained to do. So I get to work with yeah, beautiful people who want to change the world, basically visionaries and um, to really rewire all of those, yeah, the old stuff, the the limits, the fears, the old stories, the, the doubts and really help you to go after your vision and make it a reality. So that's that, there you go. There's the 20, was that 20 seconds? <laughs> 
good is that? <laughs> yeah. So for Monica's Beautiful People, you may have heard me on a previous episode. We were chatting about human design, which is something I love to talk about. Yes. But generally speaking, I'm a coach for incredible human beings where basically I just help them get what they want by loving themselves fully and being themselves unapologetically. So everything I do comes back to self-love and authenticity as the means for us to find our own unique version of success. So it's all to do with making us right for being as we are, reframing things rather than changing ourselves, falling in love with who we are, and from that place, getting all the things. So that's kind of my general vibe. But today, we're not here as coaches. We're not here standing on pedestals. Today, we are here as raw human beings, as women with our hearts on our sleeves, letting it all hang out. We're not just talking about the pretty Polish stuff. As Mona and I were talking about before we hit record, this really isn't the place for us just to be like, oh, but everything happens for a reason or oh, love and light. For sure, it does all happen for a reason. We know that. We're smart, strong bitches. But like here, we want to actually share more of the process. And of course, being the optimistic people as we are, we can't help but also see the silver lining, but we don't want to bypass the humanness and the raw human emotions that really can come from when life doesn't go the way we want it. Or, you know, we fall in love and they don't love us back or, you know, whatever happens. Um, so I think what would be super fun is if we both kind of gave our audience a little bit of context by sort of, if we were to give, you know, like if we were to explain our love history in like one or two minutes, so they understand the context that gives reference to this conversation. How do you feel about that, girlfriend? I mean, I will and do my best. <laughs> yeah, let's start. You can go first though, because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to start. So I'd love to hear from you first. Excellent. So for me, I've had, I, I'm in love now with a beautiful man. He's my baby daddy. He's my forever person. Hopefully, you know, like <laughs> got to hope for the best, right? But I absolutely adore him. <laughs> um, before him, I've had three loves. Two of them were high school romances. So I fell in love with my first boyfriend when I was 16, I completely put him on a pedestal. I thought he was perfect. I thought he was amazing. I never felt good enough for him. Um, and a pattern for me is that I've had a tendency of pushing people before they can jump, you know, like from that insecurity of not feeling good enough of basically giving people an easy opportunity to leave so that I didn't so that I wasn't left and so after him um, when he went away to university and I was like no let's not do long distance because I thought he was just going to break up with me and find someone better and I wanted to keep my pride intact and I wanted to be that one that got away for him in the hope that it would bring him back which it didn't um, after him I rebounded into someone who probably taught me more than any other lover I've had that was sort of my classic toxic relationship talking with Mon before you know that's the kind of classic narcissist archetype um but a, a human being I genuinely love and adore and have nothing but love and compassion you know however many years later um and then then I was with my previous partner for about four years and yeah he was just my best friend and I'm so grateful for that relationship but we were young you know we broke up when I was like 24 and we both just needed to find ourselves and he 
promptly after we broke up found his now wife and that was very crushing for my ego whereas I went on to spend four years in the throes of dating learning what I liked learning what I didn't like um, until it led me to my now forever person Chris um, who we've been together for three and a bit years we just kind of for me it was just it goes to show that when you do the inner work when you're by yourself and you meet the right person it really can just be green lights all the way um yeah so that's kind of the cliff notes of where I'm coming from in this conversation yeah beautiful I have such a different uh, different set of uh, circumstances which is actually such an interesting time to be having this conversation because I have literally just come through a massive period of healing where I've had all these epiphanies I'm actually going to start at the end and work backwards so the latest thing that's happened in my life was you know the universe always throws us triggers to and you know force us to heal like when it's time to move it's time to move and so I had this really interesting experience with Cam if he's listening hey Cam um so long story short, right, probably two months ago, scrolling through Facebook on the Vic Deals page, the Wellington Vic Deals page, someone had shared this post by Cam. Now, Cam lives in Christchurch, and he speaks like us. He's like the male version of us. And I was like, what the heck? Because you never hear men speak like that with the self-awareness and courage. And I was just like, whoa. So I And I found him on Instagram. And I was reading up all about him and he is a massive advocate for mental health, especially for men, for, um, he's a feminist, you know, he, um, he's very much about just this courageous conversation. He himself has come through addiction. You know, he's so, he's been sober for many years now. He's just, and he's an MC. So he's in the drum and bass scene and all that kind of stuff, works with producers all around the world, like low key Kiwi celebrity. And I was like, whoa. And so I, I've Instagrammed him, like I messaged him and I just said, hey, strange from the internet, like you need to come on my podcast. And so from there we started talking and then it kind of got quite like flirtatious at his end, right? And I went, whoa, boundaries. And I just said, oh, I'm not really into you like that. And he turned around and it was like the, pivotal moment and he said mon if you feel like you need to throw up boundaries right now then you don't feel safe and I'm not okay with it. I was like <laughs> excuse me like whoa and so we started having this conversation right and he helped me unpack all these limiting beliefs it boiled down to this one thing I did not feel safe with men so my experience, I grew up in uh, very violent circumstances with narcissists who were also physically abusive. Um, so what I witnessed was men who were emotionally unavailable, abusive, violent, um, controlling. I had quite a lot of men as quote unquote role models in my life who all basically put themselves first. They crushed um the things that I witnessed and I don't want to share too much about my mum because it's her story to tell but what my example was was toxic toxic masculinity and so I had obviously as a little kid even though I thought I will never be treated like this I had internalized all of it I had witnessed it um, and this was something that was so important with my healing now was actually understanding that those things everything that we observe that we witness every experience we've ever had stores itself in our unconscious. And so it is going to start playing out, even though at the conscious level, I was like, I'm in charge, I'm a boss, like I'll never be disrespected, self-worth baby, whatever, that I ended up choosing a narcissist. And 
playing that out for a year. And so basically I just picked losers. Let's be real. Let's just say how it is. I had a really a not, not a useful pattern of choosing men who reinforced a belief within me that I did not deserve any better, that I wasn't enough. And so my standards were so low. And then of course I would attract people at that level who would reinforce that more. And so my own sense of self-worth would drop lower and lower and lower. So I would tolerate it. And then, so it was this massive pattern. And um, yeah, so I literally got to this point where I realized, holy shit, here's Kim. And he, now, spoiler, it didn't have a romantic ending, right? We're friends now, but he was such a blessing. And that though, Cam, if you're listening. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't sent to me for that. He was sent for me to heal, honestly, because it was like, I'm finally at that place where um, I was ready. Like you've got to, because I had to heal so much so much hurt and trauma and all these men in my life like even someone very close to me you know when I was a teenager and I called him and I said hey I want to take my own life I'm freaking out and he was 15 minutes down the road and he didn't get in his car and this was and so these sorts of things that I had learned that um like even with Cam you know I'd find myself fighting the urge to actually say what I felt because I felt like a burden because every literally every other man when you speak up they just they dismissed me they'd squashed me and so I had learned at the unconscious level that it wasn't safe to be in a relationship it wasn't safe to be vulnerable it wasn't safe to be seen so I built this massive like you know wall around myself and like what you were saying about um getting out before you get hurt Looking back now, I realized that while I wanted to be loved so badly, I always had one foot out the door. I always, like, I never really let anyone in. Why? Because it wasn't safe to let anyone in. And so for me, my whole, my whole, like, romantic journey has been with myself. It's been healing all other, all these other people's trauma that was projected onto me that was never mine, but I internalized it. I made it about me. So it's really been getting all of that gunk out stepping back into my power, remembering what I, like, who I am, what I'm here for, what I bring to the table, um, and so now I am single, <laughs> <laughs> basically, so, and I'm just, like, I'm doing me, basically, and, yeah. and I, I think it's so important, because, you know, one of the things that I realized was, like, here comes a conscious man, right, and my default was to panic and throw up walls, and be like, I don't like you, guess what, by the end of that conversation, I was so into him, because I was just like, this is the sexiest thing, and we've talked about this, conscious men, right, men who are self-aware, and people who want to grow, and are doing the work on themselves, that's actually what I desired, but actually, the universe showed me, I wasn't a match to that, I had, I still had to heal stuff in order to be, like, an energetic match to that, so, yeah, so quite a different, uh, you're, like, loved up with baby, and I'm just, like, yep, <laughs> me and my cats, living our best lives <laughs> it's, it's beautiful though because you're single and whole and that's so important because for me say in those four years I was single before meeting Chris more often I felt whole but there were plenty of times that I just was desperate for my person that I was ready to find love that I was ready to be with them now and having like cultivating that sense of wholeness within us is so important 
because it's so necessary like yes I'm loved up yes I technically have someone that loves me however if I hadn't have done the inner work and if I didn't continue to do the inner work every single day Mm -hmm. there are so many people that are in beautiful loving relationships and they don't have access to that sense of love and that sense of safety because they don't understand that it comes from within and so you know, they think, oh no, but when I'm loved, I will feel loved. And then they get into these relationships and then they're like, but what if you find someone better? Or, you know, like, what if I'm not good enough? And so it's like, it's so perfect and beautiful to spend as long as we want being single because it's so necessary in order to have an amazing love. Like it's so, so necessary. And there are so many people that will spend years being single that you know, in five years time, will have much better, incredible, healthy love than people that stay in relationships with someone that's either not right for them, or they stay in relationships and they don't work on themselves. Like that was always my thing when I was single, no matter how desperately I was ready to find love, I knew for a fact that I would much rather be open and available for the right person to swoop in at any moment than to be busy and occupied with someone that I would never find true happiness with so I love it when people are single you know I think I think it's I mean there's not not one's better than the other yeah it just depends on what we want and what serves us at the time yeah and that's the thing I think that like it actually takes so much courage to be single like it really does because to sit with yourself to sit with all of your previous hurt or pain or the feelings that you might have like you're not good enough or your own self-worth issues quote-unquote um takes so much guts and it is easier it would be easier to go on tinder and hook up with someone and just bypass all of it mm-hmm. and it would be but it's yeah. like no, it same- also doesn't work because that situation you know you might be distracted for a second and then it's so triggering on the other side and you're like but will they text me back or was I weird or whatever it's like this we can't no matter how much we try and bypass we never bypass exactly and so that makes me feel sick that powerless version the previous versions of me that were like that that because I didn't feel complete I didn't feel good enough and now it's like I, I genuinely feel like it would be a privilege for someone to come into my life because I know how hard I love. I know how generous I am, how thoughtful I am. Um, I know that how much I've worked on my own life and how beautiful it is. And so it's like, well, you better be awesome or else I don't need you actually. And that thing of, yeah, we like attracts like. So if I, I know I have high standards for my future person. Um, so in order to actually call them in, I need to be that awesome. So, you know, it's like, that's awesome. I'm just going to focus on that and trust that the universe will bring me the right person at the right time. Until then, I'm actually so excited with everything that I'm creating and working on. And I feel loved now I don't actually and which I think is such a powerful place to be in because I'm not looking for someone else to fill a void even though at this age people ask questions you know my mum's freaking out about never being a grandparent and I'm like just chill, just chill <laughs> like <laughs> that pressure makes it so much easier yeah I know she she suggested to me yesterday that my best friend and I could have a baby together and not be together and I was like yep or not or not <laughs> It's all good, mum. Don't worry. Don't worry. The right person's coming. <laughs> but yeah. 100%. I love that you're talking about that because 
I think sometimes when we put timelines on things or we have expectations that at certain stages we should be in different places, like it's often us having that expectation that contradicts our reality that creates that resistance or creates that upset or hurt within us. Whereas when we actually look at our life and we take it for what it is, there's so much joy that can be found either way. But it's when our mind starts to be like, yeah, but all your friends are in relationships or your friends are starting to have kids. What the fuck are you doing? Like it's only simply us saying things ought to be different that actually ever gives us some hurt now am I correct in thinking that you've been married before I have yes yep. you haven't even talked about that Come well on, I kind of feel like that is in a different it, it, he doesn't fit into that like toxic kind of thing what it did fit into and I'm like I'm very mindful I'm, I feel myself holding back because I don't want to offend anyone you know it's like I don't this is just my take on things but basically that whole situation the way that it played out was um we should never have got married obviously but um it was it, it was still me repeating that pattern of not feeling good enough and so basically like the day that we got engaged even I had said to him I'm not ready to get married and he proposed anyway and because he'd planned it and I didn't want him to look stupid because he told all my friends and my mum and stuff so I said yes because I loved him and I figured like at some point you know that's how it started and we just kind of really like we're still really really good friends like that's and that's one of the things that people struggle to get their heads around because they're like how could you because we were always friends and that was actually the problem like we were friends there was it was lacking that all the other things that you need the, the juicy stuff you know and um for us we really grow in different areas so there was one day I remember thinking oh shit um and I was watching this doc, this like Tony Robbins documentary and he was speaking about values and get your partner to rank and order your priority and my priority was his last <laughs> and my priority was growth right and that was his least and that was kind of the thing that it got to that point where I literally had to choose me or him and I knew that I was called for so much bigger you know for for impact for growth and eventually you grow so far apart that you're speaking different languages and you know whereas his thing is he is very um, but very much in his ego in his head and I operate from my heart from my soul so like he yeah he's always busy very distracted doesn't want to do the work doesn't really want to grow um he's in that that hustle phase and eventually it just doesn't work you know it doesn't work and I really I actually got really hurt in that relationship when it ended because I um I felt abandoned it was it was me replaying out that picking a man who wasn't really emotionally available he was very distracted by everything else um I remember there was one day where the day that I actually snapped and I didn't even know this was going to happen and I, I just went fuck it like literally I woke up one day and I had this flu and I was just you know when you get really sick and you're just like crying and you just want someone to look after you and I woke up and I was just like Ugh. and um and he had work and stuff and he knew that I was sick and that I was sad and I knew that he wouldn't come home until like midnight because 
he had basketball on that night like a social team and that's exactly what happened he said oh yeah I'll be home at like 11 30 or 12 tonight and I just snapped it was just that moment of being like I'm so sick of not even being a factor like it's like I'm your flatmate I'm not your partner I'm not your equal like I don't want to be I don't want to have to beg you to do something that shouldn't be a big deal you know and that's where it started and then like we just we separated and then we ended up coming back together to try again um which did not last very long and yeah because it just we were so different and we started out with the same set of priorities and we grew apart so much but yeah I I felt so rejected and like I said to him at one point you know you chose basketball over me like that's just a fact and he was like yeah that's probably true and it's like it is and so even the difference in how we kind of dealt with it when it all ended was I basically had massive anxiety attacks because I and I, I did not have the tools that I have now like I had no faith no belief I felt worthless I felt broken I felt like a failure I was so ashamed of myself like I felt like I'd failed um, I was so embarrassed like tell people because I tried so hard for so many years and it's like no one sees that stuff you know what they see is oh you've broken up with your husband I just felt so humiliated and um yeah and so I basically like fell to pieces completely and it was at that point of rock bottom that the narcissist swooped in because that's what they like when you're broken and easily controlled and so then I got to play out that awesome lesson um whereas he you know at the at the time he just worked like 18 hours a day and I remember it just avoidance absolute avoidance and for me it was actually kind of confirmation of this was the right thing to do and I actually have never doubted that even at rock bottom I still knew that it was the right call because I knew that I could never become who I was here to be with someone who made me feel unworthy and like an option and you know like there were so many little moments and thinking back now you know like it was just so many little moments that piled up because they weren't really little things like I remember one one time um I was studying oh I was doing this makeup and costume course and it ran in the weekends so it had been like almost a month since we'd had a weekend together and we worked during the weekend like evenings and stuff and and he always used to say oh like I love going for beach walks and stuff because we connect I'm like sweet let's go for a beach walk then before I go to class and he took a phone call during our walk from a friend who lived around the corner who he was going to spend the weekend with and as those little things and it just they pile up and to this point of just getting to the end and honestly just feeling so unworthy like every man it you know up until now would say oh but I love you you're the best thing that ever happened to me but actually their actions were so different and so he was like every other man he made me feel the same way even though he's a good person yes but he yeah it wasn't good it was man it was a, an initiation let's say I these lessons just came up until really I was pushed to stand up and be like no more I'm done I'm done ending this which is really exciting now that these beautiful like conscious men are disappearing in my life and it's like this is evidence for me of how far I've come of how much I've healed that I'm a match to that now whereas before this was what I was a match to you know people running from their own like he 
addictions, not wanting yeah. to heal, not wanting to go into recovery, um, wanting to just distract and mask and avoid everything. Um, that's what I was a match to because that's how unworthy I felt that I stayed for so long. Yeah. <laughs> and like, well, when we are insecure, we attract partners with insecurity. So when I think about, you know, my sort of most dysfunctional relationship, anything bad he did, any games he played, any, you know, anything that happened essentially came from a place of insecurity. He didn't feel good enough for me. And I didn't necessarily feel good enough for a love that was healthy and good. And whereas when we feel secure in ourselves, we attract secure men and men that are secure in themselves are so safe to be around. You know, they're so safe to be around. And that's one of the most attractive things about Chris is that he's sure in who he is as a person. And I remember when we were about a month into seeing each other, I just kind of had a down day. And I think my period was due, but I wasn't aware. Um, and I was just feeling a bit off. And there was this sort of, because he, he was very different to any man I've dated before. He was much more practical, much more salt of the earth. You know, I was, I was used to dating kind of like, I don't know, young professionals in Wellington, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> different types of people. And here is Chris, like super practical. Um, and he was just different. And I kind of had this fear come up, like, like yourself, you know, I want to grow. I value growth. I want to have an incredible life. And I kind of worried, like, what if he doesn't want to grow with me? Like, what if we have this amazing connection, but actually I want to go places and he doesn't. And really that also came from a fear of not wanting to let people down you know like if, if someone was going to become my boyfriend the fear of breaking their heart was so strong that I didn't want to call anyone my boyfriend unless I was sure like oh things are going to work out forever like I put so much pressure on myself yeah. because I didn't want to hurt anyone and so this fear came up within me where I'm like, what if we don't grow together? Like, what if I lead him on and I either end up like, you know, settling or breaking his heart because we're actually not compatible long-term. And when I had this conversation with him, it was so illuminating of his character because when I was talking about this and I wasn't sure how I felt, I probably talked before I was ready. And so I was a bit muddled and I was just kind of like, oh, I'm not feeling good. And I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm worried that this won't work and blah, blah, blah. I put a lot on him, you know, because I, I share as I go, I share as I process sometimes when I'm raw and don't understand. Mm. And in response to that, you know, I could see that this was painful for him to hear, you know, I could see his eyes, you know, slightly glassy. Mm. Um, but the character he revealed to me was so telling. And what he essentially said was, this is who I am. I want to grow. And I, I want to find someone who loves me for me. Like, I'm falling for you. I want to be with you, but I will not be with you at the expense of me. I'm not going to change myself for anyone, but I'm willing to grow with someone, but I will not change myself. I will not sacrifice myself. Yeah. And it was that character, like it was that 
backbone that for me I'm like for one thing he doesn't cower or run away or get defensive when things are difficult and that for me is one of the most attractive qualities because in my past they would either run away or get completely defensive anytime things got difficult and so to be with someone that almost like digs their heels in and say I'm not going anywhere I'm facing you I'm here with you I'm not making you wrong but I'm not making me wrong either I was like whoa and so when we had that conversation I'm like this is like the person I want to be with like this is a really attractive quality that when I bring my shit to them they hold space for that without making me wrong but they also don't make themselves wrong he could have easily tried to tell me exactly what I wanted to hear because I could see that in spite of what he was saying he didn't want to lose me like I could see that I could see that he like he was almost in pain in this conversation and he still didn't turn on himself and that's the kind of thing that happens when we're emotionally available to ourselves and I think that's one of the biggest things in my previous relationships when men weren't fully available to me it's because I wasn't available to myself and when I would have these insecurities or doubts I would push them away and be like no don't worry about it don't think about it you know I didn't want to activate this fear by focusing on it I wasn't available to myself I didn't hold myself through all this and so I attracted men who also couldn't hold me through that either and so it is so beautiful and it's like you said you know when you realize that you weren't a match to those conscious men, that is such a powerful realization. And most people don't want to see that. They don't want to look at it and they're like, no, but I want one. So I'm not going to, like, I'm not, I'm not going to accept the fact that I'm not a match for one. And that is such a credit to you as a person that you're willing to be like, oh, look at this evidence. Like, look at this data. This is obviously telling me that when a conscious man shows up, my instinctive response is to shut down and defend myself. Yeah. Yes. And on that, and I think this is one of the the biggest things, right? Yeah. to, To firstly be brave enough to look at your own shit. That takes so much guts and to not be like, I want a conscious man so that I feel complete. I want a, a night, like I want a boyfriend so that I feel better. No, that's not how this works. You're only going to attract someone at that level. But I think the biggest thing that I learned was to hold space for myself and to be compassionate with myself. So when I actually realized, oh my God, my, like I legit cried for two weeks after I met Cam, I it was so emotional because I love, I love what you just said about um, how Chris held space for you. And that was the epiphany that I had with Cam was that he would really push me to express things. So I would back away because of my learned behavior. But I had learned that it, it was never safe to do that, that they would run when I said too much. And so I'd learned to squash myself and he would really push me to be like, well, what do you feel? And I had to like, be like, Ooh, I feel so vulnerable and exposed, but like coming out of my little cave and to actually say this is how I feel and to allow someone to hold space for me was a huge deal but but also to be so compassionate with all the previous versions of me and to be so compassionate with myself because I had learned that I it wasn't safe for me to express myself because I'd been hurt so many times because I'd had so many people and the men that are the ones that are meant to lead you and love you your whole life abandon me that when I would express myself, they would change the subject. They wouldn't come. They wouldn't get in their car. 
you know, I was always treated like it was like a burden for me to be seen and express myself. And so it was really painful, but it was really sad. Like I, I was so sad when I looked back at all the versions of me that, yeah, were ignored and, and all of these things and just how hurt I had been by it. That was the thing. And I get like, it would be way easier to avoid that. But, but I also know that, you know, when our, when our unconscious mind brings stuff up for us to heal, it's because we're ready to deal with it. So the fact that all of a sudden I've got this guy here who's just like, you know, shining a massive light on this wound um, for me to then be like, okay, here it is. What am I going to do about it? Well, I'm going to heal it because I'm not carrying this for a moment longer. Because actually the goal that I have, the like the phrase that I use is king, right? I just love that. Because my king um, holds space for me and I feel safe to express myself. And it's like, I'm not going to be a match to that until I heal all of the stuff that's in the way. So actually what a gift that here's this little like earth angel appearing out of nowhere to, to help me evolve through that pain. But I think practice because it is a practice. Yeah, it is. And I, I feel like I just want everyone to be compassionate with themselves though, because it would be so easy in those moments to be like, Oh, I can't believe I allowed this. I can't believe I did this. You know, what was I thinking? But actually to, to look at yourself and be like, I did that because all of these things happen. I didn't have the knowledge that I have now, but also for me, it was trauma. I was realizing how much trauma I had endured. And even though I, I'm big on inner child work, it was like, it was a massive thing to actually be honest with myself and say, I have never had a man hold space for me like that before. And I said this to him, those exact words, and how sad I was that I'd got to the ripe old age of 31 without ever feeling safe with a man. Like, it makes me want to cry even now, you know, it's like, that's insane like but so no wonder no wonder I behaved the way that I did no wonder that I pushed people away no wonder that I didn't want to let anyone close to me you know and it's like oh okay so from that position now I have a choice though so I have power to allow myself to cry all the times that I didn't back then all the times that I tried to be positive about it you know and try and oh well you know look at these good things that I learned yeah I did learn, but I also got so hurt and we've got to honor that. Like we have to feel that all of that stuff that's sitting lurking and our unconscious, like needing to be expressed and seen and felt. And we're not taught to do this, right? And this is one of the things that I love about our conversations is that we live in the society where we're told, oh, you feel sad, take an antidepressant. You feel upset, then go have a, have a glass of wine after work we're not taught, hey, you feel sad, um, make a cup of tea and put on your favorite music and just sit and be with yourself. Yeah, like, feelings are meant to be felt. Yeah, yeah. we're not feelings taught that though. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It all them, that's all they're there for. Like it's literally all they're there for. Feelings are meant to be felt. They are not there to make us wrong. Yep. They are not there showing us that we've fucked up majorly and we'll never have happiness. Like feelings are meant to be felt. And I truly believe that our feelings are like perfectly designed medicine for our system. They have a physiological effect. It moves through our body. And when we actually are open to this emotion, it transforms us. Mm-hmm. Like it, but it's 
painful like it sounds really nice when I say that like puts a nice pretty bow on it but when we're in the thick of these emotional waves they are not pretty they are messy they are raw they're confusing and oftentimes we're trying to make sense of them with our mind but it's not an intellectual concept this is not a mental thing it's an emotion like these are real raw things and it's so beautiful though when we allow ourselves to have access to it because also we are such like our emotionality is such a gift to the men in our lives you know they are not taught to be with their emotions as well so we women unlock such joy and aliveness within men like when I think about my like myself as a woman and the sort of man that I am with but the man I wanted to be with was like I wanted to feel like it was safe to crash against him, you know, like emotionally just like collide into him and he would catch me, like he would hold space for me. And while that sounds selfish, really me being the emotional being that I am, that's aliveness for masculine beings. Like they crave our emotion. It's exciting. It's alive. It's life itself. Like, you know, the feminine essence is being, the masculine essence is consciousness, you know, so it's like we bring so much energy, so much energy by actually activating this within ourselves, and I think I didn't realize in the past how me being fully myself and me feeling fully alive, which doesn't always mean being positive and upbeat, me feeling fully alive can mean be in the depth, me being in the depths of my pain, but me being with it, me not trying to bypass it, but me being where I am, that is so amazing for the men in our lives. They crave that. They crave that realness. They have not been taught to access that, to embody that, to be about that. And so us being in that state is so powerful for them. They crave it. And yeah, I think just in the past, I used to think that me being myself or me being worthy of love was like a performative concept. It was almost like, I'll pretend to be this way. I'll put on this act. I'll be fun and happy and blah. And I will seem like someone worth loving rather than accepting the fact that like, no, it's actually who I am. Like, and I think for me, because I can be a bit of a perfectionist when I was single and I thought about manifesting love, I thought that I needed to embody that higher version of myself every day. And that if I activate that version, that's never triggered, that is always happy, that always knows her worth, then I will find love. But that's a fucking illusion. We are complex beings and the version of us that is a, like, is a match with incredible love is still human and still has those days where we doubt ourselves and still have those moments where we're triggered. We're allowed to be fully human and we're allowed to have the most epic, exquisite love. Like when I met Chris, I'd gotten to a really good stage with, I, I knew that I was ready to find love. I knew that I was ready to find love. I knew that I was worthy of it, but I was still going through personal shit. I still hadn't fully healed my addiction with smoking weed. I was still dependent. I wasn't fully healed. Hmm. He met me in that space where I was still finding my feet again. However, I still had many aspects within me that was amazing. There were still good things going on in my life, yeah. but I was still a bit broken and he met me there and he held me. Whereas I think about some of the people I was dating at the time, um, because I was on Tinder, woohoo, having a good time. And there were certain people that 
might have looked better on paper, you know, that were into personal development or spiritual or whatever. Um, but I didn't feel like, I didn't feel safe to be all that I was. So they could meet me at those aspects that I felt proud about and those aspects that I thought were high vibe. But I wanted someone who met me at my wholeness, who loved me in my totality. And that was him. Like I was safe to be fully me, you know, we smoked weed together, <laughs> you know, like we had fun and then we stopped smoking weed together, you know, like we, we met where we were, we loved each other where we were. And then from being fully loved exactly as I was, I felt safe to change yeah. and he's felt safe to change. So while I was worried at the time that we wouldn't grow together, really, he actually just needed someone that loved him exactly as he was and someone that believed in him exactly as he was. And now, you know, like now he's starting a podcast and now he wants to start his own business and that you know all these sorts of things that had I been like waiting for him to be that from the start you know then I would have thought he wasn't the one but actually I loved him exactly as he was I didn't need him to change I didn't need him to be into the stuff I was into I loved him like exactly as he was if he had have wanted to stay doing the same things that's fine I didn't need him to change for me to love him and he didn't need me to change in order for me to, like he didn't need my business to be more successful or whatever and that was a big thing for me like I thought oh no but I need to have like a successful business like I was still working a corporate job he didn't give a fuck like yeah. he didn't care <laughs> he loved me um and I think yeah love is a vehicle for transformation but it doesn't it doesn't happen if we think that we need to be different or the person we are with need to be different in order for them to be good enough that's just never going to work Mm, yeah and I love so much about that how actually like healing and growth never stops it's not like even now it's not like I'm gonna just heal everything everything that's ever happened to me and be perfect and then I'll start dating no the thing too is that it would be so easy and I see this all the time right especially in this kind of rise of the feminine and we're all like confident empowered women now the thing is though that it's very easy to project thing of I'm strong I don't need a man but I think that often that's masking a fear of being vulnerable because actually the most courageous thing you can do is expose yourself to be seen to be vulnerable to potentially get your heart broken that takes way more courage than posting badass things on Instagram about how I don't need a man and I'm strong and powerful it's like it's not about needing a man this isn't an attack on you know who you are as a person but actually that like that healing see can being an example right those things in, in us that need to be healed get to be healed don't get triggered until we get into the ring actually mm -hmm. I could quite easily spend the rest of my life with my cats in my garden working on my projects and my business and my goals and whatever but it's not like I'm not gonna evolve actually the the real rewards come from and that's not going to happen in isolation that's going to happen by me allowing myself to be in a position where and you you just you know this is going to happen like when I meet someone um that will trigger stuff in me but I yeah. now have the awareness of where it's coming from and I now have a choice do I choose to make a plan b and push them away and exit or instead do I choose to say nah I'm here 
and yeah. I and observe that within myself and not actually make it their problem. I don't need to dump all of my past experiences onto them. It's not their issue. But me having the awareness of, okay, so maybe I'm responding like this because I'm afraid because of this. That's cool. But actually being able to like calm my nervous system in that moment and choose again. Like actually I chose to stay and allow that anxiety to subside. It's just a feeling. It's just emotion. And in that, and that being present with it, exactly like you say, you know, being allowing myself to be present with that emotion is going to allow it to subside, which is going to then build resilience. My nervous system is going to go, oh, it's actually okay to be around men and we're not going to get hurt. Oh, okay. And then enough times of doing that, all of a sudden I'm all loved up with, you know, the love of my life. And we're having a very different conversation. <laughs> and there's such a domino effect of that, because I've definitely found that with this relationship is that through having that self-awareness that I gathered when I was by myself, um, and and really understanding if I'm being triggered yes it might be the actions or it might have been the thing that he said if I'm triggered that's my trigger like that is my personal response mm-hmm. having that understanding meant that when we did have difficult conversations um, or conversations that should have been difficult because I bought the self-awareness of when you said that thing it's triggering this response within me and I understand that this is my response but I want you to understand how I'm feeling right now because that was how I approached it the response within him was fundamentally different because no part of me was trying to make him wrong I was taking ownership for what was moving within me and because of that his response was so compassionate. It was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't understand it have this effect because of blah, blah, blah. Whereas the same man, had I come come to him and said, you've done this and it's made me feel this way and you shouldn't have done that because of blah, blah, blah. Don't you know I'm worth more than that? The exact same beautiful conscious man would have had the instinctive response of defending himself because I'm requiring him to defend himself. You know, so it's like through doing this in a work, it's so powerful because I really do believe that the same person can have different responses. Like there are single men right now that depending on the energy we bring to them, we, you know, they might just want, you know, just want a casual thing. They might, you know, or they might be like, oh my God, this is my wife. You know, like the energy we bring can activate different potentials within other people. So doing that in a work is so important. Like I really do believe that, you know, 75, 80% of the work is done by ourselves but then there's that final piece that we really can't heal and process until we're in the arena so it like it takes so much courage to be willing to do it but like with any skill the more we do it the easier it gets yeah totally totally I think the, the whole trigger thing is so important to understand and most people don't want to take responsibility for it really do they because it's way easier to blame someone else for making you feel bad but actually, you don't feel bad because of what they did. You feel bad because what they, what, well, not even what they did, but, you know, what happened triggered a feeling within you of probably not being good enough. That's, you, that's the one that runs for most of us, eh? self-worth, that we're not worthy. So it's easier to lash out at them than to go, ugh, they actually had a really bad day and they snapped at me and now I don't feel worthy. Even though that I can say they had a bad day, but oh, what is this feeling? Why don't I feel worthy? That's the correct response. Sometimes people have bad days, but then to also be able to say, hey, I actually, you know, I was quite hurt by what you said. 
but not you made me feel like this like such a different response <laughs> yeah because i mean how would we respond if someone came in and said you did this like you of course you're going to have your back up but if someone said hey um i felt really hurt by this your response is going to be compassion oh my god i never meant to do that i'm sorry like that's not how i feel yeah like I can even think of a couple of instances where Chris has kind of like you know I can see that he's you know in his feels you know be it anger or frustration or whatever and he's and this doesn't happen often but it's happened a couple of times where he sort of snapped in the things that he said but because I've seen what's happening I haven't taken it personal and I've been like oh he's obviously he's in his feels he's projecting it's not about me so it hasn't touched the sides it hasn't left a mark and then he's always immediately after he said it he's just like oh I'm sorry like that was that was a really shitty thing to say and I'm like it's all good like no worries because we're human yeah. you know we don't have to get it perfect I think if we if we think that we're only a match to incredible love if we word everything right or if we get it right all the time then that perfectionism is going to lead you to be by yourself like it's okay to fuck up like we can be conscious human beings and still like get angry or like say something petty or be a bit of a victim it's okay you know but I think it's like who we are the majority of a time in a relationship is so much more important than being perfect. Like mm -hmm. we're still allowed to get insecure. Like we're still allowed to be like, Oh, but you know, like, and certain things will trigger us, you know, like if you gain weight or if you do this, you know, it's like, there are certain things that might happen that all of a sudden triggers you to feel more insecure. But when we understand that it's coming from within, you know, it's so much easier to not, you know, take other people's actions personally or overthink everything because god it's going to be such a tense relationship if we overthink everything like ugh. yeah <laughs> yeah i don't want it no neither oh no you want the thing is well for me anyway i want a relationship that helps me to become more of myself and expand okay. more um, not one that I spend a bunch of time obsessing over feeling insecure about wondering when the next text message is coming I'm not doing it not even not <laughs> I've done that enough times already and it's not what I want I want to feel yeah you want to feel secure and safe and like I was, I was saying to my friend yesterday on the phone I want the sort of partner that uh, if I said hey I'm spending I'm going to go and rent a batch and spend the weekend writing my book because it's important to me that he says sweet have a great time you know that that level of trust not we've got to constantly be obsessively talking and I'm always doubting like where you're coming from and I feel like I'm walking around on eggshells and I can feel like yeah another uh, someone that I was saying um after the narcissist who actually was a real gift as well in terms of showing me what needed to be healed was um and I've talked about this in several other podcasts but there was a moment where we were out on like a group date with some friends of mine and the waitress came over and um and he said oh yeah thanks mate like she was like do you guys need anything else and he's like no nah, we're good thanks mate and I felt relief I actually felt my whole body like <sighs> because the ex or like the narcissist used to use that flirting with other women in front of me to make me feel small and insecure and he used to flirt with everyone, all the waitresses, really inappropriate stuff. And the fact that I felt relief in that moment and I caught myself and I was just like, oh my God, I can't, like, this is how low my standards dropped that, that, 
you know, that, whoa, like we're not doing this again, but like, this is unacceptable, you know? And actually like, but again, coming from that place of compassion, being like, what the heck happened to me as a child, as a teenager, that I believed that that was, I just had to tolerate that because no one could ever want to treat me more. Like I'm not yeah. worthy of being treated more. And even now I still, every now and then will have a thought pop in like, yeah, like a negative thought like that. Like, well, I'm not worthy of it. That's why everyone else is loved up and I'm not, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, that's actually not true. That's not yeah. true at all. And my path was different. And the, this is what I'd actually love to hear from you. And we should probably wrap this up, Sean, because we could talk for all, like, all day, right? But I'd love to hear from you your greatest like lessons and takeaways from your love life and your like, intimate relationships, the ways that you've grown the most, like the things that are closest to your heart in terms of, how you yourself have grown as a person yeah I think we've kind of already touched on this but it's definitely what I thought other people were doing to me and what I thought other people's patterns were were my patterns yeah and so like just realizing how much self-protection I had in place like unconsciously that really was pushing away people away and I was like why do people always leave me and it's because secretly I felt safer you know like because I believed the other shoe was always going to drop and I always believed they were inevitably going to leave it was much safer for me for them to leave now so I wasn't living in the state of uncertainty and wondering when it would happen mm -hmm. so I think one of the biggest things for me is understanding that like when I learned to become intimate with myself when I became emotionally available to myself when I was willing to see what was moving within me that everything changed and I don't know I think I always put men on a pedestal and I always thought that somehow women wanted to be in relationships more than men and that's just fundamentally not the truth you know one thing about being a, a woman generally speaking is that we're able to have these beautiful intimate conversations with other women and for men that is few and far between men generally speaking crave the intimacy of relationship much more than women because they crave the safe space to be more vulnerable to share the stuff that moves in their deepest levels we all yearn to be connected and so I think I probably overlooked, like you said, just how much we bring to the relationship through just being ourselves. Um, so yeah, definitely for me, the biggest thing is being available to myself, like loving myself and then letting the world match. I honestly think that had I, I I'm very grateful for how things have unfolded, but I think had I got that piece, you know, if I, if I had have come out of the womb straight, knowing that then my love story would look very different and so for that I'm very grateful because you know I think that we're all kind of indoctrinated to believe that a successful relationship is one that lasts forever and given how much we learn from relationships I can look back and see all my relationships as incredibly successful like my love history is a very successful one and oftentimes my ego was bruised oftentimes it didn't look how I wanted it to look um oftentimes it involved pain and my pride being hurt you know seeing myself in ways I didn't want to be seeing myself starting to play games because I was mirroring back treatment you know now I can look back and be like, 
and I know we said we wouldn't bypass or gloss over the details, but like now I can look back and be like, oh, that's a perfect love story. However, it's still, there's still the ego within me that wished certain things were different, not because I want my current situation to be different. I am obsessed with the man I'm with. I want to be with him for sure. But I think it's okay to acknowledge the fact that for me, if I have been in love with someone, there is a part of me that will always love them. It's a different kind of love. It doesn't move me. You know, I, it's not the sort of love that would make me act on it. But if I have loved someone, I will always love them. And if I've loved someone, there will always be a previous version of me that still wishes things had have unfolded differently. And that's okay. It's not a disrespect to my current love. It's just the fact that life is complicated, you know, and, and it's beautiful. And when we embrace the complexity and we embrace the fact that we might always have regrets, it's okay. We're free to like love the person in front of us. Yeah. What about you? I love that. I love it. What's so cool is just how unique all of our experiences are. So like listening to that, uh, because my approach to relationships was actually coming from trauma, I don't look back, if I'm being honest, I don't look back and think, oh, I still love you at all. I look back and I see a series of lessons. I see it as an initiation. And so, yeah, I, I love this conversation because we have to, we have this big picture view of, wow, look how all of these things led me to this, led me to learn this and become this in order to now create this. But it's also come from the fact that we allowed ourselves to heal and feel everything. And so we're not just sitting here trying to gloss over and make ourselves feel better about the fact that we're really hurt. We're not hurt anymore. Um, but yeah, for me, I think the, the greatest lessons have been absolutely self-love and self-worth and these really intense pressure cooker situations have given me the opportunity to really claim that and step into it and embody it because it was either sink or swim and I was always gonna fucking swim let's be real like there was no part of me that ever was gonna sink but so the the intensity of these situations really yeah got me there like if it was just nice and easy, I would have had no desire to really grow. But when it was like a, oh my God, like I was like, no more. And so I took extreme action and that's, you know, so that's really cool. And also one of the things is that because in my healing journey to really like, yeah, love myself. And, um, and I, I resist even saying that because it's such, such an overused saying, right? Just love yourself. Loving yourself is not just bubble baths loving it was loving myself enough to let myself cry and like really cry and feel everything and feel immense pain and feel all the the parts of me that had felt abandoned and betrayed and all of those things that are so uncomfortable like just so uncomfortable the anxiety racing through my body for like days on end you know like it wasn't pretty um but all of these things have really shaped the course of my life and what I'm passionate about. And so, you know, now I'm studying NLP, studying hypnotherapy. And the next thing that I'm going to be doing is learning about trauma and narcissism and that kind of thing, because I want to work with abuse. I want to work with people who uh, need to heal, but not from this position of let's just be positive and 
focus on the 5% of our conscious mind that we have control over. I want to go deep into healing, into actually changing things at the unconscious level. Because for me, I played that out without, you know, I had a lot of awareness at the the 5%, the conscious level, but the 95%, the wounded kid in me still attracted that, that exact traumatic experience. Um, And that was the wake up call for me. And that particular relationship was when I thought oh my god he might hit me and I had a flashback to my childhood and I was just like oh they're exactly the same person like in different bodies you know and I was just like whoa and that really yeah so that really woke me up because like we were saying before it's hard to get your head around how you often we end up in these situations you think but I know so much I'm so strong how did I miss that how did I end up getting sucked in and there are reasons why you know there's a reason why it's called narcissistic abuse and why it's labeled as a personality disorder it's easy to blame ourselves instead of but when we've got the you know the knowledge we can actually understand and that's where that compassion can come in that oh my god there was actually a strategy my brain literally changed and there's a reason why I'm hooked even though I loathe this person now there's a reason why it's so hard to walk away um and for me yeah like all things that I witnessed like oh we've done so many podcasts about this you know around narcissism and abuse and stuff like that because I yeah I'm very passionate now around actually creating change in, in this country where we do not speak about these things we have the worst rates of domestic violence, child abuse, animal abuse in the world. And we're still trying to go, oh, just harden up, mate. She'll be right. Are you serious? Like, this is not okay. And even, yeah, it's just, it's not okay. Even a lot of the organizations, like I've, I've seen some shocking things. I worked in mental health for five years. Things that I've witnessed. The fact that we're still not learning how to deal with our emotions and that it's okay to feel them I mean we've got a long way to go so it's kind of like it's totally changed my whole trajectory for my life for what I feel like I'm here to do um and I wouldn't give a shit about any of this (laughs) if that hadn't been my experience totally but what I love (laughs) about it is that often women don't want to they don't want to talk about love or accept the fact that love has had an effect on them it seems pretty high school for some people to be like talking about love like oh talking about boys but that for both of us love was like the catalyst for us to go deeply within to understand these deep real truths about ourselves there is nothing superficial about it nothing surface level about it like this is the depth of us like this is the core our sense of belonging our sense of security like this is the real shit so I'm so glad we've had this conversation and I feel like we've just touched the tip of the iceberg but I'm so grateful for having it because I know that there are so many people that need to hear this conversation. And if this is you, if you've loved this, like take a screenshot, tag us on your socials, mon3.0 and underscore Michaela Lloyd underscore on the gram um, and share it with any girlfriends because, you know, we have these conversations, girls talking with girls, a woman talking with women, queens talking with queens. Um, And I think it's a really, really important conversation to be had because there is so much healing and growth that happens out the other side of it. Yeah, totally. And one thing I've got a Tony Robbins quote popping into my head, which was around um, like no one in your life has the capacity to hurt you like your intimate partner that's the thing so no wonder we have such an impact eh? like no wonder it has such an effect on us (laughs) yeah i mean yeah 
yeah thanks so much for listening guys i hope you enjoyed it i would love to hear your aha moments please share on your stories and tag me so i can celebrate with you and be sure to connect with me online i'm on instagram at mon 3.0 and find me on youtube by searching monica ferguson have an amazing week and remember that you are so inherently worthy you are so loved and you belong all my love guys see you soon